opinions expressed on the ACB Media Network are those of the content providers and should not be viewed as an endorsement of any product or service. Nor does it reflect the views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Welcome in. Take my hand. Say hello to who you know and who you don't and who you can. We'll give promise to your springtime and beginnings to your ends. We'll try not to be cautious, we'll be friends. Welcome in everyone on Friday, November 3rd, to Visibilities. We have a couple of quick announcements. And one of them is uh, there's a number of fundraisers going on. And some of them end very shortly. Um if I think it's too late, but if not, you might be able to still get in on the Golden Jubilee auction of the Kentucky Council of the Blind, which I believe is tomorrow. But I think it had to be registered by yesterday. Um, you might want to double check on that. Another one is the Council of Citizens with Low Vision is doing a 50-50 drawing, and that's coming up soon as well. So you might want to take a look at that comes out on conversation uh, at least three times a week with the updates of each day's uh, Monday, Thursday, and Friday calls from CCLVI. Uh, another one is Diabetics in Action has a fundraiser going. And the one that I always love, because uh, they really are lovely, is... Uh, Guide Dog Users, and I know that needs to be done this weekend. They have a uh, program with a company out in the upper west, the northwest, uh, with absolutely lovely evergreen reefs and centerpieces. And uh, this year they have a, a, rain, a, a wire reindeer. Um, I haven't actually looked at that one yet. That's my job this weekend. I keep saying, I've got to order our wreath. Um, but so I know that they are doing one and they're up. And I think the Illinois Council still has their fundraiser going. And theirs is going to be, theirs is a very interesting one. Uh, you need to register for that. They're doing a uh, concert in early December with uh, Jason Castingay. Uh, some of you. Uh, many of us know Jason from a number of different places, and he was actually our featured uh, star last week, two weeks ago, I guess it was now. Uh, so, and we all know what a fabulous musician Jason is, and I think they have a $25 registration fee for that. Um but all of that is going on, and a couple of updates on visibilities. I want to give you a couple of quick notes on what's going on with visibilities for the next few weeks. Uh, next Friday night, we have, um, excuse me, on the 10th, uh, next Friday is the beginning of Veterans Day weekend. And I've been working for the last few months with our Visually Impaired Veterans of America Special Interest Affiliate. They have some very special announcements and they will be doing, they will be our guest speaker and we'll be doing some uh, 
really nice things next Friday night in honor of Veterans Day. On the 17th, the following week, I will have uh, Jason Castingay and Debbie Hazelton and Penny Reeder and our wine connoisseur, um, our wine sommelier, uh, Gabriel Lopez Cafati. That's always a fun, fun program when we do that one. They will be doing holiday, holiday ideas, treats, uh, meals, and uh, best wines to have over the holidays and throughout the winter. And so that is going to be on the 17th of November, the week before Thanksgiving. And on the 24th, I haven't got it confirmed yet, but I have a feeling that we will probably be hearing from uh, Leslie Spoon because that is the night of one of the nights of the sneak peek of the ACB Media Auction. And we always support the ACB Media Auction. And that should keep us busy through right up until the 1st of December. And with that, I want to go on to tonight's program and I want to welcome. There are so many of them. I I don't want to start on names because I'm afraid I'm going to miss a few. Um, But Pat Sheehan is with us tonight and uh, Jeff Tom, who are both the co-chairs of the uh, ACB Voting Task Force. They have a good number of the members of that committee with them. And I've also noticed, I didn't know he was a member of that committee, but the uh, chair of our Constitution and Bylaws Committee is also with us, John McCann and Kenneth Semyon and Connie Sims and whoever I've forgotten, I apologize to right now. So I'm going to turn it over to uh, the first name that's popping up on here right now is Patrick Sheehan. There you go. So, Pat, you get to start. <laughs> there you go. Your ratings, Terry, right? <laughs> right <go>. down. <laughs> but, yep, there you go. Happy, happy to oblige. Yeah, it's a good thing Pat and I are very good friends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, we, I get that. So, uh, Terry, you got everybody? That was good. Uh, members of the task force are here. We are here to uh, present some ideas of some questions that we have uh, been asking different groups. Uh, we, I think we've been three weeks at the president's, uh, an evening with Tuesday topics. We're now at visibilities. So we're covering a bunch of questions. Uh, the, what we're trying to do, what we want to try to achieve is get these ideas out there. Let's talk about it. We want to make the voting process as efficient and as effective as possible. We've had some interesting ideas. So we're here to listen and, uh, you know, see where we go from, from here. Uh, I don't know, Terry, how you want to proceed. Uh, we had a document. We don't want to spend our time, I think, reading that document. Would you like us to read the questions, or do you have an inkling of where you'd like to start? What I'd like to see, to me, it seems as though there are four basic topics, if you will. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking if we just touch on each of the four of them and then kind of go from there. Uh, You know, I know that, for instance, uh, when we were on Tuesday, when you were on Tuesday Topics, um, we got kind of bogged down, it seemed, in a couple of them. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's time for people to know what the rest of them are. Anyway, so if we could kind of just run through what the questions are, uh, that would probably 
I think that would do it. And then we can yeah, take it from I think there. So, okay, yeah. good. I think so. Now, Connie, why don't you start with the questions, uh, mm -hmm. hit them fairly quickly, and then we'll just jump in from there. See where we go. Okay. Let me get down to the section here. Okay. All right. Um, part two for considerations. These are the questions. Um, so I'm just going to read this first part of it too, because these questions are about specific areas of change in our systems of voting and elections and presentation of resolutions and constitution and bylaws amendments on which we are seeking members input. So the first question, if we remain as things are, should some things be switched from virtual to hybrid <clears throat> or vice versa? Two, what changes should be made in the debate process? Three, do we need to make modifications to the convention schedule with respect to when elections, resolutions, and constitutional amendments and bylaws are considered? Four, should additional restrictions be imposed upon the ability to seek a change? in the agenda during the middle of the convention. Five, if and when should floor amendments be allowed? Should that person who brings an amendment from the floor go first? Should they contact the presiding office leadership that they are going to bring an amendment forward? Six, should there be further restrictions on when record votes need to be taken as opposed to standing or Zoom votes? If so, how, if at all, should changes be made when a record vote is required after a Zoom vote? Seven, should elections still start during opening session? Eight, did you find the standing rules confusing this past year? If so, how would you propose to simplify and clarify them? Nine, how can you better inf be informed of what is going on? Ten, should affiliate voting go away? And eleven, are there any other areas of voting process that we have overlooked that can improve the overall efficiency and accuracy of our business process. And that is all of them. Thank you, Connie. So, Terry, one of the, I don't know where, how you want to do this, whether you want to take uh, people's thoughts right now. I'll, I'll throw out one that's not the, dealing with the affiliate vote, because I know that's the big one. Um, it was recommended in, in a couple of groups that we look at perhaps 
doing uh, resolutions twice a year. Uh, there's no reason why we need to do them at convention if they're going to be done virtually. But that, I thought that was a very interesting idea. Maybe we do it at uh, maybe we do some at leadership. And maybe we do some at at the convention, particularly if it's going to be virtual, and that would make perhaps the resolutions process a little more um, robust. Let's say. What's interesting about that idea is I don't think leadership and convention are the two best places for it, or I question that, um, because they're only three months apart. There's another nine months no, to the year. Right. And you, I'm yeah. thinking that you know maybe in October or November or something like that might be a better time mm -hmm. uh, than a leadership conference. Right. But the idea might be, the idea, just forget the timing. Is that yeah. something people are interested in? I thought it was a good idea, thinking outside the box. But anyway, uh, your show, so how would you like to proceed? Well, um, I would like to start by welcoming anyone who does want to make a comment or a uh, ask a question uh, to feel free to raise your hand at this point or at any time during this call. I think that this is... Um, a time when everyone should have an opportunity to uh, voice their opinion um, and to be as objective as possible. Uh, I think we're it's something that we need to look at. We've got uh, so many different there are so many different issues that come into play with each and every one of those questions, really. Uh, Gary, could I clarify? This is Jeff. Could I clarify sure. one one of the uh, questions that was uh, mentioned? One of the ideas that was floated, um, and one of the questions dealt with it is: Should we have a system whereby people, either people, are required to submit amendments ahead of time, or if they do submit them ahead of time uh, to resolutions, could they go first in presenting them? And then we'd still allow anyone to make amendments from the floor as we currently do. Would that be a way of potentially being able to better manage the process if we encouraged people to submit their proposed amendments ahead of time? The other, another, idea that got thrown uh, uh, out with respect to resolutions is whether we want to either um when we send out the resolutions before right before convention um do we either want to accompany them with either a summary of the resolution or with a brief summary of the arguments for and against, or both. But but either, both of those ideas were thrown out as a means of um, potentially educating people on the resolutions and maybe cutting down on some of the many questions that take some time during our debate process. So I wanted to throw those out as well before we get started. And the other one that came up, because this is going to sort of be John and your bailiwick, is, uh, you know, what are we going to do about the 25 
people that stand up for the affiliate vote. Should that be increased? Should it be increased by a percentage? Should, you know, uh, should it be increased by a whole number like 50? That didn't work well last year. Uh, so, John, I don't know if you care to comment on that. Sort of put well, you a little bit on the high the, seat. The but. Constitution and Bylaws Committee uh, initially had a recommendation. Um, it, uh, I guess it, it didn't report out 50 votes. We had some meetings. Uh, we were prepared to push for 50. Um, and then we did, we were only able to have one uh, vetting call, you know, putting that before the membership. And there were certain members with standing in this organization who really took exception to that. And uh, that gave the committee some pause to go forward with it. Um, and we did not, but I still strongly believe in it, frankly, um, Although I do like the idea, maybe it could be something less than 50 if we also had in play the 60-40, like if, if the uh, winning side um, or if the vote on a particular issue uh, were, say, 60% for 40 against or 65-35, okay. then maybe there wouldn't be uh, a record vote. So that's another way to go. I will say without equivocation, and I don't want to fly a flag too high here, because my job, and, and there's certainly a reason, uh, a very legitimate reason for my being on the voting task force, uh, because ultimately uh, I will be taking the lead with the Constitution Bylaws Committee in crafting the requisite uh, alterations or amendments to our governing instruments to affect whatever the voting task force comes up with. Having said that, I'll just put myself on record pretty flagrantly as, as stating that the membership is going to have to get on board with making some rather substantial changes in the hybrid environment. Otherwise, you can look forward to having a three-week, four-week-long convention. That's untenable. Can't happen, isn't going to happen. I think two weeks is the max that you should even consider doing first week you know, rather along the lines of what was done this year. And we came perilously close to running out of time as it was, uh, you know, with the rules that we currently have in place. So something's going to have to give. I mean, I'm just I'm urging, I'm imploring the membership to be honest with themselves about that fact. There's a price to be paid, and I don't think it's an odious price by any stretch of the imagination, but there is a price to be made uh, to be paid for universal enfranchisement. I think you make a, an interesting point, John, because I think part of the, what really, what perhaps might need to be done, and I'd like to see what other people think about it, is that we are actually using much less time at convention now for the business part of the meeting. Uh, we've gotten very much into, um, ah, oh, business is boring kind of thing. And it's not what, you know, why somebody wants to spend $4,000 to go to a convention, that kind of thing. And yet we're, we're using so much less of the time, especially in the mornings, um, for the, for, uh, general session. And maybe if we, um, look, I, I think that the, Perhaps we need to pull the um, 
convention planning committee in on that. You know, why are we pushing, and we, which we have done for the last couple of years, why are we pushing the affiliates? The affiliates, so many of the affiliates now are not even um, holding their annual meetings at convention uh, because we put them on that week before, uh, which we needed to do at the time because of the DC law, the DC law that you were so involved with. Uh, but today, a lot of the affiliates are doing their uh, meetings off convention. And that's, and a lot of it's because we've gotten so into doing something. The one that pops to my mind is um, the transportation steering committee and that running four and five, three, four, five, and possibly even more uh, sessions during convention. Um, you know, maybe what we need to be looking at is kind of restructuring the whole thing so that the affiliates at least have more of a of a presence at the con during the convention week. We, you know, yes, we need to let our sponsors have something to say. You know, there was a time when we did, and it went quite well, when we would have a sponsor for a day. In other words, oh, I'm just picking off the top of my head. The Sparrow sponsored Wednesdays, and we did a, uh, Wednesday was kind of our technology day, or, you know, something like that. Um, and maybe we should be looking at something like that again. And, you know, and, uh, transportation, we've got companies, you know, bus companies and, and that kind of thing to do that and do, you know, just have, um, them do our sponsors do a 15 or 15 or 20 minute, um, keynote speak speech during the, during the morning session, um, giving them you know, the, the chance to say we are, we're supporting you, uh, you folks and the way that we, uh, and we admire what you're doing. And so here we are and we are delighted to be, uh, sponsoring this particular day. And then that would free up the better part of another hour each morning. And that I'm not saying that we need to go back to the old everybody argue the resolutions during that hour. But it would give us the opportunity to have um, perhaps some uh, voting issues, some voting uh, time then that uh, that we don't have now, and okay. the and we would be and we'd be pulling in and we'd be keeping the affiliates interested. Remember that the affiliates are what built this organization. It's not the members at large. It's not the numbers of people that we have when we have when we had our largest numbers numbers of people the actual numbers were better than 95 percent affiliate members and we need to and, and we so i just think that we're that maybe we could do a lot more from that but that really is part of the convention and they, the convention planning committee, and they've got to work with the voting task force, it seems to me, in order to make a, uh, a, to, a to improve the situation. And I Sorry, hope that they I'm are. A little, I'm a little confused. I, 
What did like I confuse you with, John? It's, I, I, it's like you're m mixing issues. Um, I am firmly uh, supportive of affiliates, although, and, and I agree with everything you said about affiliates, at least historically being the backbone of this organization. So you're saying we should make more time for affiliate activities at the convention? Um, I, I will also say with respect to the infomercials to which we are now treated for at least a half hour to 40 minutes at the beginning of every uh, general session. I think expectations have been engendered in that domain. And I don't know that we can throttle that back. Part of me would very much like to, but you know, we've, uh, uh, it's a practice that's been adopted. It's a practice that nets us uh, a decent amount of money. Uh, and I, I don't see us turning away from that or giving them less time and, and yet expecting them to give the same amount of money. I, I, it bothers me the amount of convention time that we spend uh, having, you know, having those presentations. It does take a lot of time away, but uh, we are being paid for it. Um, I, I think you're right. A, we are being paid that, that's for. That's a bargain. You know what? We're not. We're not getting. We're not getting for that buck, or those twenty-five thousand dollars, or whatever it is. I'd love we to see not, you take that up with the board. <laughs> yeah, I know. We are. I agree. I agree, and that's why. What I'm saying is that it's the convention committee, the convention mm. steering committee, that I think needs to look at that. what benefits are our members getting from it? Well, the benefit from, ACB you know, is getting from it are the dollar bills that these... ACB the, is for the general yeah. fund. That's yeah. true. But our, you know, but our affiliate, what, what, our, our, what are our members getting for it? You know, the, there are things, for instance, what if we had, um, and an organization that's sponsored, and we do have some of them. Unfortunately, we find out about them a little late last year, anyhow, um, that sponsor meals, uh, you know, that kind of thing. That's a, a benefit to our, to our members, a direct benefit to our members. And we, and maybe we need to be looking at a little bit more of that kind of, um, thinking out of the box. I don't on, know if that's encompassed in the questions or the things that the voting task force is concerned with right now. Well, I think that it's an issue. But John, on the other hand, you know as well as I do that a lot of that there's a lot going on with uh, crossover. Yeah, with people very much uh, uh, steering this group, steering the organization into what they see as the. Uh, solution and so, and so, so people need to be able to see to have the opinion to let us know if they have an opinion on what needs with the, where the organization should be going and part of that is as far as the uh uh as far as the voting is concerned that's a major part of it is the voting right and so uh, maybe what we could do and that's actually why we're here directed by leadership or at least I was directed by leadership because you guys actually, Terry, you and we got members, four members here that are 
on the boards. You you guys are leadership. We were directed to get. We were directed to get uh, or asked to get input from members. So I'm wondering if we have any hands from members who, after listening to all those questions, have some thoughts as to what we're trying to do is to make the voting more efficient so it doesn't, let's say, bleed into a three-week convention. Yes. Uh, anything that we well, have we do, talked we, about here, yeah, what do we think? Well, we do have we team mandatory. I wasn't sure you saw it. Oh. Yeah, Jean Mann does have her hand raised. Hey, Jean. Hi, guys. Hey there. How are you? So, I'm good. How are you, Pat? Good. Do you have an opinion um, about things? Well, I didn't. I, oh, I didn't we know vote. Jean has opinions. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's, that's not... <laughs> <laughs> um, what is... It definitely knows me too well. <laughs> I came in a little late, so I didn't hear. I didn't hear Connie read the questions. But you know, I've been on these discussions before. Right. Um, and and I have to say, when when the constitutional uh, amendment to change the um, um, the roll call vote from twenty five to fifty came up during the you know meetings ahead of of actually voting on stuff last year, I was one of the people that said, "Well, let's wait and see what happens." <laughs> um, if it came up again this year, I'd probably go along with the fifty because I I, I felt that we had. A lot of new people on the calls, and they didn't really understand how the process worked. Mm-hmm. And so every time something didn't go the way they wanted, they called for a roll call vote. You know, um, so I, I would I, this year, if it came up again, I would certainly be in favor of of raising that amount of of, of people. Um, and, and one of the things we saw on the roll call vote, Gene, also just and this is historically, and we want to get some more fine data on it is that the roll call vote very generally mirrors the standing vote it does it did yeah yeah it did Um, not just for last year but for for you know the last five years yeah Mm -hmm. yeah in general if i can wait if i can wait because i can remember a few times when it 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 did change but Mm -hmm. uh, you know now it's so much easier to count the votes um than it was then you know, with everybody voting virtually or, you know, how hands up in the room, whatever, it's it's easier to, to actually get a, a completely accurate count, I think. Um, with what Terry was just talking about, and I know that's a little bit off the subject, um, you have to remember that one of the reasons the affiliates are doing so many of their, their special interest groups are doing so many of their meetings outside of the actual convention is for because it gives it gives people who don't attend in person a chance to attend the meetings and you have to remember that we only have so many zoom rooms when we're there in person and trying to do it virtually also so there's just not enough zoom rooms for for all these affiliates to meet during the course of the week even if we had the time for everybody to do so but yet Jean, let me ask you this all right let me uh, reply to that and that is, yet we have the time to run other other sessions during that same during those same hours. Well, Terry, I would say this though, um, and I understand the issue you're raising, but the affiliates were veering away from having their business meetings before that issue arose. And I think Gene is right; it is easier to conduct a 
business meeting where you have universal uh, voting with uh, using Zoom. And so it's just a lot easier than having hands in the room and then Zoom and then everything else. So I think the, 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 the two issues are not necessarily the same because, as I said, m- most special interest affiliates were veering away from having their business meeting as opposed to their seminars, having their business meetings at the convention before this issue came up of having other things opposite their meetings. And John, you were going to say something. Forget what it was now. Now, one thing I was going to say, John, I think I read this somewhere, and Gene, maybe you can help me. I think when we started doing the standing, uh, I mean, the, the, um, uh, what do we call it? Not the, the, you know, people that stand, the 25 or 50 people that stand, right? To yeah. call for, I think that that ended up at the time in the early conventions or in 1990 or whatever to be about 50% of the people that were actually there. So the percentage wise, if you look at it, going from 25 to 50 with the larger group that we have, not in, not in attendance at the convention, but just in ten- attendance with Zoom and the convention, is really the same percentage of, of, of you know, people standing for that uh, roll call vote that we had in the past. And I think that goes to part of what, uh, you know, I was kind of surprised it didn't come up. I, I'm surprised. I thought that was going to be a cakewalk. John, I was just I a thought no it was brainer, going to be a cakewalk. Right? Yeah, just what we know, right? Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was going to be a cakewalk, but there were some prominent people in the organization. I won't get into names here who sort of the old guard and, and, and you know, that were really against it. And uh, I don't want to say well, the I, Constitution. I, I, another thing, another thing I remember when we had um, in person conventions only, the chair didn't automatically ask every time there was a vote if anybody exactly. wanted to vote. Yeah. And, um, and Jamie brought and that up. Yeah. Out, and sometimes the chair said, all right, 25 people, you know, if there are 25 people. And sometimes the chair said, no, I'm sorry. Um, I'm, I'm going with what I heard as the majority. So we didn't automatically do a roll call every time somebody called for it. And we and, didn't, and said, we didn't and always call for that role for the right. 25 people to stand either. Yeah. Right. And I think, right. I think one of the things that, and, particularly if it's a bad idea, I'll take credit for it. Uh, I think that we want to put that in the standing rules and then we can let everybody know, we're going to read the standing rules before the convention, they get passed, they've been notified. And so it's going to be a little bit on them uh, to, um, to say, to, to remember what the rules are and they need to follow the rules. We don't have to hold their hand every step of the way. Pat, let me clarify something, something you said that I just need a little Mm -hmm. clarification on. Mm -hmm. And that is, you're saying you think that back when it was twenty, when the twenty five first came in, you say right. you, you think that was a percentage? No, I, I'm saying that the people in the room, in the actual room that were in the convention hall there, right? That the twenty five standing there was, let's say, maybe forty percent or fifty percent of the people, let's say, in the room. So. It was and fun. That's, now, what I, have- that's what I question. If we had a convention, let's say, of, um, let's say we had a convention, I'm thinking back 2000, a convention in Louisville. Mm-hmm. We had 
800, we had almost 900, I think, Mm -hmm. um, people uh, registered for that convention. Right. And the, but we had 25. That's a very small percentage well, of that no, 900. Yeah. And I'm saying that's why I don't, talk- I don't really see what, how well, you're I'm looking at who's about, on the floor. Yeah, I'm talking who's about floor. who's on the floor and I'm talking about Thursday of convention week or Friday or yeah. Saturday. Right. Or Friday yeah. and Saturday. Right. Yeah. You're, yeah. you're right. Yeah. And yeah. so, but I, so, my, I just my don't point see on the that point of the, of the, of the, um, using the, uh, percentage. Well, my my point really is what we need to do in making the argument for that is to go back and get those numbers. So, you know, coming in and clarifying my point, say, oh, no, I meant Thursday, Friday or Saturday, whatever. And Gene, I know what you're talking about. I think what we, we need to do on all of this is to look at the data and see what the numbers were at convention and see, you know, what we uh, what we think. Can we do a better job? Probably, you know. Yeah, Uh, I I definitely think that we can. I'm just trying to bring up. I'm trying to play devil's advocate here in a lot of ways tonight. Um, But Gene, I want to thank you for that. Um, I do want to go. Steve Bauer has had his hand raised like since forever. Um, If we can move on to him, that would be great. Steve, if you want to, there you are. Hi. Hi. I uh, appreciate this discussion. And I first want to say that um, the attempt to make the convention less than a month long, I think, is a wonderful thing. I really appreciated the the uh, online stuff and then a few days to kind of recuperate before I got on the plane and, and went to Chicago. Uh, that was very helpful. Uh, as far as resolutions, uh, I think we did a, uh, the organization did a great job last year, uh, getting the word out. Um, there's always going to be people that don't read their email and don't, you know, check things out and, and all we can do is keep pushing on it. But I like that idea a lot and I am all for raising, I think what was being said before is, is 25 people might've been not half of the people that registered for the convention, but half the people that were actually on the floor voting on that Thursday or Friday of resolution of, uh, you know, resolutions and that sort of thing. And that number needs to go up. I, I, Deb Lewis said, I believe that if the number had been 50 last year, that none of those record votes, uh, would have taken place and they just wasted a lot of time. So I'm all for be it a larger number or a percentage or however, uh, folks want to do it. But, uh, um, the other thing that I was curious about was that did not, to get actually to this amendment stage last year, which would uh, wouldn't have been a problem this year, this past year, but in previous years, if we have uh, four open director seats and we've got seven people running for those seats, why can't we have one election and the top four folks get the positions um, as opposed to um, having a separate vote for every position? And then my last thing I just want to say is, uh, and I know this is a huge can of worms, but I agree wholeheartedly with the uh, comparison of the record vote or the floor vote versus the individual vote. The affiliate vote is something which has outlasted its usefulness, and I think uh, we all need to vote as individuals in the organization, and that would streamline things quite a bit as well. Thanks very much for all of those. Anyone want to take any one of those? 
Well, I'll just own that I'm in full agreement with everything that uh, Steve has said. <laughs> You're opposing? Is it what in, you yeah, in a full agreement. Oh, okay. That he said yeah. he was opposing everyone. Else. Oh, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm in full agreement with everything. I, I actually and, think that the uh, proposal to do directors on one mm -hmm. ballot where you where the top number wins is more difficult for people to understand and agree with than the delegate vote the, obviously the delegate vote there's a lot of people that want to retain it for some good reasons and some reasons just that nobody wants change but um it's at least very under the issues are pretty understandable but the proposal uh, it is hard to get people to really understand I mean, look how hard it was, those of you who helped write it, and I was one, just to write the darn proposal for this, you know, one ballot director vote. Uh, um, and if it's hard and, to write, it's hard to understand. But that doesn't the, mean it's a bad problem, proposal. I think yeah. it's a good proposal. And the problem well, with Jeff, that, Jeff. Jeff, you realize that the reason why it was as hard to write as it was was because we had to take account of the affiliate vote. That, right. That particular bylaw would be easy to write if there's no affiliate right. vote. And I guess I don't know whether we wanted to, to get into the affiliate vote aspect of this thing at this time. But but you but know. you're right, because the problem there, as we waded into it, was, of course, you can do seven, uh, seven, uh, seven directors, both of, for the top four. Great. Oh, now what do we do when we come to the affiliate vote? All yeah. of a sudden, that's where the math gets tricky, and and that's where it bogged us down. And and John, yeah, that's where we started with the plurality voting last year. You know, with everyone having one twenty fifth of a vote, and that's going to be how many uh, votes yeah, for Georgia yeah. and all this kind of stuff. You know, and so that's where the discussion bogged down. You're right, and so the affiliate vote makes the voting uh, process more yep. complicated when you're doing that yeah and and you know we didn't voting task force when we started looking at it jeff we came up with the same scenario and we said oh now what do we do with the affiliate but how do we make that 125th of a vote and all of this stuff and calculating it out and then on the floor trying to figure out how to voice it and calculate it and whatever yeah um Jeff, were there, and and Kenneth, we haven't heard from you. Yeah, I want to say yeah, something. Sure. sure. Hey, yeah, I, I just want to tell you, like, I was, I'm definitely in favor of the plurality, uh, and it, I witnessed it happening in the Washington Washington Council of the Blinds Convention, where I attended this past weekend. After much debate, it was passed, and it it was it's, it worked out. Uh, I tell you, some of those things I wish I would have recorded. Because I, I think it would be good for us to have some questions uh, to help members to understand. Some people were confused about the process. It was explained, but 
some people, some maybe it's because they just didn't want change. Uh, they just weren't comprehending what was the process. But after uh, it was broken down, some some people started to get on board, and the, and the majority uh, uh, voted in favor of it. But I I just thought if I can even think of some of those questions the members had, uh, we could uh, be proactive be- and come up with some a way to really present some of those scenarios uh, to was, help was members that, to was understand. That part recorded, uh, Kenneth. They may, um, they may have. I, I have to find out. Well, I didn't, I didn't yeah. hear that it was, but that, okay. that was a. I, I would uh, really believe they would have recorded that. Mm-hmm. But I wish I would have recorded it because it was pretty good mm-hmm. discussion. Good. They might have thought of things we didn't. And of course, the the issue then, of course, is in in any change that we're doing on the voting side. John, you get the joy of this <laughs> because it's either going to be a bylaw or a constitutional amendment, two thirds or. You know, oh, uh, what is it? One over, over oh, fifty, yeah. if it's a bylaw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So the two, yeah, it's that's always interesting. So we come up with these great ideas, John, and then it's your job to. <laughs> well, in in a lot of cases, yeah, it really has to be a constitutional yeah. amendment. Mm-hmm. Right, and that's two thirds, and so um, uh, that's a heavier lift. But yeah, I'll tell you the truth: if uh, if plurality voting and um, what's the other thing the uh, uh, the the fifty you know uh, raising twenty five to fifty about, yeah if that's the way we think we can go this year constitution bylaws committee won't have a whole heck of a lot to do because those the language to, for doing that's already in the can we just pulled it back mm-hmm. because we didn't do a good enough sales job or we didn't have the time to really make the case for it and yeah. uh, programs such as this and what's been done in community calls that's why we're doing as much of that as we are to at least make the case. I don't want to belittle it or I don't want to characterize it as a sales pitch, but I, I think there are a lot of people who believe in it and uh, it's not inappropriate for us to get before the membership and make the hard case for it. If they reject it based on understanding, then they do. But I think I didn't want to see it go down due to a lack of understanding. And keep in mind, I will just say this as chair of kind of bylaws. I think it is unseemly to bring back something the year after it's defeated. I think you at least need to wait a year. There's no rule that requires that. But I have urged people not to push for something, no matter how close the vote. And they, you know, let's say something really missed by a hair's breadth. And somebody will come to me that fall and say, let's put it up, you know, float it again next year. I said, you know, you have the constitutional right to insist on that, but I'd urge you not to. Uh, it's just in my mind, it's unseemly. Uh, it's like we'll push and push and push till we get it. And then the other team can play at that, too. You know, if it's a very, very close victory, you know. Mm-hmm. Connie, thoughts from you uh, on any of the things that you've been hearing in some of these other discussions we've had? What, what um, has struck you as a good idea or off the wall idea? Uh, <laughs> I, you know, I guess I'm the, kind of the one who thought about doing resolutions a couple of times a year and I people have really liked that idea you know um you know we mentioned you know leadership and convention but I I just said two, twice a year I just think and I know the presidents and um to the topics it's a little bit people really enjoyed that I mean like that idea um because things come up during the year so having it at least a couple times a year would help um get through the resolutions mm-hmm. um, easier and not 
necessarily have to have them at the convention. I think we, you know, we could have something at the convention and then, I don't know, some other time. Because I know some people have said, you know, that's part of convention, which I agree. But at the same time, you know, we barely made it through last year. Um, so I, I think that was one of the things that people have really liked about um I know people are, you know, happy with the process and stuff right now, you know, how we're doing things. The standing rules, you know, we um they need to be tweaked some and every we've we agreed to that and made comments to that. So um and made make sure that they're read, you know, beginning mm -hmm. of the session. So I, I I think those are the big ones. You know, general session is gonna start on Sunday this year. Um, instead of Saturday. So we, right. one of the questions was talking about, you know, do we start an opening session? And having it during Sunday, it's kind of, that question is kind of a minute, um, minute because um, it's, we're going to need that extra time um, mm -hmm. with all the I'm open Yeah. Mm -hmm. One of the other Go things ahead. that came up in discussions during the week and I brought it up, and I think we need to figure out what the uh, what the effect on the budget would be. So let's say you um, yes. let's say you uh, get you not maybe not this year, but whenever we get if we get rid of the affiliate vote, what is that going to do to the treasury? I'm a firm believer, and since I'm not on the board, I can say this of making sure that the decisions you make have a financial consequence, whether it's going to be uh you know this i love this program uh but it's going to cost money so how are you going to do it well you can certainly take it out of legacies or reserves but that's not a good way to run the railroad wait pat um, i'm not understanding what's that's the correlation no, no, wait, hang on hang on the correlation is if the affiliate affiliate vote goes away uh and it's just one person one vote and people join affiliates right let's say yeah. i join seven affiliates that's money that I'm paying to each affiliate that will go to national. If the affiliate vote goes away, will I join seven affiliates and get that vote? I may not be paying that money. It, there might be a financial cost to the affiliate to the affiliate oh, vote going saying. away, right? But I'm, you know, I I think people join affiliates because they care about the mission and they want to be involved, not to get well, an not extra to, not to vote. You're right. vote. Not, and, I really, and, I, you know, yeah. I, I mean, I'm a member of eight affiliates, you know, yeah. hams, lawyers, uh, friends in art, you know, right. you so state so affiliates. You get, okay. I won't go on about it. You know, and I, I didn't join to get there for the mission, proportion right? to augment my vote. Right. Leave aside the fact that that is very questionable, whether that's even, uh, permissible under the DC code, but that's a whole nother discussion. Mm -hmm. I don't think just, what down. has gone, what I've been hearing, hearing though, this also is why if we pay one membership mm -hmm. to, and this is what I've, I've heard this week. Um, if we pay one membership, say, um, cause I, I belong to a couple of different, you know, special interests, you know, plus the state, but if we pay one membership, so the $5 to whatever, say if it's South Dakota, I'll just say South Dakota, cause that's where I, my main one is. Why do I need to spend another five dollars to that affiliate to be an ACB member that I'm already an AC member? Why not just pay an affiliate due? You know, but you know, then it costs talks about the you know the money of the affiliates because some affiliates only have right, you know exactly. dues of even states of seven dollars or six dollars or whatever. 
And that's part of that $5. So how do you do with that? So that is one of the things um, that I've been hearing. And I see that we have another hand and I got Matt. And we can also. And and he's, and he's, and he's, he's part of the, yeah. And he's part of our voting task force who really thinks outside the box. So we love our Matt. So if I can just comment. Can I just just said, Connie? Okay. Matt. Go ahead, John, and then okay. I have something. And okay. I'm going to jump gonna be, in. You're down to eight minutes left. It's going to be My very goodness. Brief. It's <laughs> yeah. going to be very Time brief. The reason, you know, I, I hear what people are saying when they talk about paying multiple dues, and then shouldn't I get multiple votes or fractions thereof? The fact of the matter is, it's an accounting issue. How could you ever? I, I don't see any way where you could declare this is my main affiliate. Any other affiliates, I shall join. You know, you're not. Uh, I'm. I'm not going to pay the five dollar component. How, how? How can you even account and track that? That's the problem. I think there's also a lot to um, the whole concept. You know, Dan said, as Dan said on your call with Tuesday Topics last week, the important thing is to get numbers. Well, the numbers, and then we get people interested in affiliates. The reality is that the affiliates are what bring in the numbers. Uh, what have historically brought in the numbers. And that's, I think, where, you know, okay, so ACB goes for membership at large big time these days. They get $10 instead of 5 How many of our affiliate members are paying, like you just said, John, yourself? You've got eight eight uh, eight uh, affiliates that you're a member of. That means that you, they're getting $40 there. Yeah. So it's false. It's It's absolutely false. Um, but speaking for myself, and I think for a lot of people, they, there's yeah. a heck of a lot of us that do that. Yes. That do that, um, and would continue to do it because we'll we're not do, doing it for we'll that fragmented, the, fragmental game for that partial yeah. vote. No, it's not way. for the partial. It's not for the partial vote. But it, we still need to have the focus. I think be on the affiliates, Send it. Send it. and I think that the other um, there was another point I wanted to make that um, Pat brought up, and I it's gone from me right now. But let's hear. From Matt Selm. Hi, Matt. You can unmute. How's everybody doing? Yeah, you are. Hey, the voting task force, they get to hear my rants about this stuff all the time. But uh, <laughs> just want uh, people to keep in mind with all of this, you know, really is we're trying to respond to now doing things in a hybrid environment, which is obviously slower and takes longer to get anything done just by the virtue of being hybrid. You know, it used to be if we had a resolution on the floor, we could hold an individual vote and a roll call inside of 20 minutes and we could all move on. Now it takes a day, you know, uh, just because the time to turn around through vote now and that whole process. So, and, you know, I tend to think of how do we, best accommodate the lowest common denominator of our members that's on the telephone you know so you know why are we calling for the for the roll call vote on each question on the floor is because we haven't found a better way to recognize people that want to do that kind of thing you know because otherwise you're right we would just move on and we'd be probably you know five issues down the road before somebody got recognized on their hand to say, Oh, I've got, you know, back on issue two, you know, we're on issue seven, you know, that kind of thing. 
So just stuff for guys for everybody to think about. Thanks, Matt. We will definitely do that. Um, I want to thank you all for uh, joining us tonight. Uh, I know this isn't quite the way that as organized as Connie had hoped that this would be when she called and said, I need two weeks in a row of visibilities. And I was like, I don't have two weeks in a row <laughs> to give you. Um, let's try for one and just go through and and I just wanted to give everyone the opportunity to look at this from a number of perspectives. I personally um, have my own views as far as, for instance, the uh, idea of if we have seven people running for the board and f taking the top four. Um, I think that, you know, personally, that I have my own views on that. Um, the fact that our roll call vote uh, generally does um, match, ends up matching it. Um, but I will say, and which is another reason why I guess I'm, you know, we, we all have reasons why we're a bit subjective or a little less objective on things. And I know that I am because had it not been, and some people probably are saying, damn, we should have done it five, two years ago. Had it not been for the roll call vote, I would not, had it only been the uh, the standing vote and not the roll call vote, I would not have gotten the position on the board of directors. So I know that that, so I know that that can be um, a difference based on the affiliate vote. Um, though it doesn't happen often, but it does happen occasionally. And I think that there are just so many issues that ACB is, is facing right now. We are in a very, very difficult position at this point in this organization. Um, it's, it's, it, you know, it's, there's a lot of change that needs to take place, but there's also a lot of, you need to learn from if, if people who don't learn from their history repeat it and we need to and we need to look at from, from both perspectives and um with that i am going to just thank you all for being with us this evening and look forward to seeing you next week and we will at that point um be talking on what did I tell you it was next to ten? Oh, Veterans Day. And so I want to particularly invite anyone who is either a veteran or has a family member or friend who is a veteran to please join us next week because the veterans in ACB um has a lot that they're gonna be telling uh, that they're gonna be announcing next Friday night. And with that I wish you all a happy, a mm -hmm. safe and a wonderful week ahead. And I want to thank Jan Jeanette Kutash and uh, John Gassman. Um, Larry's off roaming around in a car somewhere this weekend. Uh, <laughs> but so John filled in for him tonight. And uh, thank you all very much for joining thank me you, this Terry. evening. And thank we will you. see you, you all next week. Good night, Good night. everyone. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night.